Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Father John, my friend Joe. This is Catholic Stuff You Should Know. This is Boulder, Colorado, uh, and again, angsty is the uh, word for description. Uh, I don't you know about Joe. Uh, Joe is all happy and I'm feeling uh, great. peaceful. I'm all, I don't know what's going on. It's just, you know, it's the some... freaking weekend. <laughs> Baby, <laughs> we're about to have me some fun. That's right. No, the, uh, you know, we decided a long time ago this was not going to be professional. These are not uh, uh, radio personalities that we put on. These are just who we are. And, and uh, I, I just don't particularly like mornings. Right now. That's right. When I showed up to Boulder, John was immediately told me, I'm just, in, I'm just in a really bad mood right just now. Just in a really just, bad mood. So, so uh, I called you. You didn't answer your phone. I figured you're off. Yeah. yeah. So here we are, and uh, we're just excited for today. And we spent the last hour trying to set up Father Peter's equipment so we could right. use that, and it didn't work. So Right. And that's okay. That's okay. Maybe we should do... I, you know, I'm tempted to do a um, podcast on temperaments, but uh, I'm also nervous about it because a number of people hate the temperaments, but it does help to understand why you never seem to be affected by anything, <laughs> and I am always angry or really excited. That would be a fun podcast to do. Okay. Well, we're not, are we doing that right now? Sure. <laughs> you want to do it? Yeah, let's do it. All right, fine. That's all right. We uh, we call audibles a lot. That's what I do like about it with you. <laughs> you just witnessed it. That was an audible. So uh, we'll do your topic next, the one we were going to do. All right, deal. So that'll come out next week. Temperaments. <laughs> Here we go. So let's talk about this morning. Okay, so, um, you know, the Greeks had this strange way of uh, describing... Um, I don't know what you call them. They're not really personalities. That's anachronistic, um, the temperaments. Again, this is not a prepared podcast, so this is all off the cuff. Completely. But what would you? How would you describe a temperament to somebody? Um, it's like their disposition. No, 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 no. Not don't give me that uh, business language. <laughs> it's true though. I mean, it's like a temperament. I don't know how I understand it. Is it's not a personality, but it's your natural reaction, how you react to right, things. Right, right. Whether and I think the what they I'm only going off that book, Temperament God Gave You, written yes. by those Catholics in Virginia. Right. I don't know who they are. Right. But they talk about. Uh, how you react to things, like the speed at which you react, if you react quickly yes. or slowly, and the depth. Yes. If you react deeply or is it kind of like doesn't affect you as much. So right. I would be slowly and shallow. Hold uh, on, hold on. Before we, but before we break them down, <laughs> I think right. that's good. So the temperaments were uh, um, notions created by the Greeks um, to try and articulate how a person is disposed to respond to the Whatever. stimuli mm-hmm. of existence, yes. right? Okay. And um, so the two criteria of this are um, how deeply you respond to things and how quickly, right? <laughs> what are you doing with your hands? I'm drawing out the graph. Yeah, he's, he's, he's gesticulating. Uh, Remember, I'm angsty. Don't, don't, don't cross me this morning. Right. So if you have, like, if you have two, uh, a, a vertical axis yes, and a horizontal axis, that's and what horizontal you're doing. Horizontal axis. Okay, so yeah, it's... So let's say, uh, let's do the horizontal axis. Okay. The hor- so above the horizontal axis and the top part of it? Yes. Would be the words. Would be the words? Well, quickly. I was going to say, oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah. You react quickly. Quickly. And below it would be slowly. Slowly. Yeah. That's vertical. If axis. you can, if you can, no, that's the horizontal. Okay. Horizontal up here is quickly, down here slowly. If you can visualize they this. They have no idea what we're talking about. I think a lot of them have a working understanding of the temperaments, but yeah, so there's that one axis, whatever, which one. Okay, draw and it then out. you have the vertical axis on the left side right. would be deeply, deeply and shallowly. And the right side would be shallowly. Right. Right. So you basically have four quadrants based mm-hmm. on these two axes, right? Right. So the first quadrant, 
Those who react quickly and deeply are called... Jerks. No! <laughs> cholerics, right? That's right, cholerics. Cholerics. And it was funny, the uh, the Greeks had this... Uh, all of this was rooted in their kind of... Uh, bodily fluids, right? Bodily fluids, yeah. Cholera. So, cholera. So cholerics are... The classic people who wake up angsty because uh, things didn't go to plan today. Don't try to justify your, uh, your bad mood. Okay, I am a choleric, okay? <laughs> I am a choleric. Everybody has a primary and a secondary disposition, uh, a primary and secondary temperament. And um, so I react quickly and deeply to things all the time, mm-hmm. right? So I just kind of explode on somebody. And then five minutes later, it's like, okay, I feel a lot better. No, no, that's not, that's the sanguine. No, 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 quickly. And, and deeply. deeply. No, quickly and deeply. You react, you explode on someone, and then like six years later, you stab them in the back when you see them. So obviously these are given to interpretation based on where you are in the temperament. We'll get to where Joe's is Well, here let's in talk a about color, because there are gifts. For each temperament, I feel like there are there are strengths, things that come really naturally and easy, yes. and, and gifts they are to the community. Yes. And kind of tendencies to vice right uh in each in each temperament okay so know? i want you to tell me about the good things of the cholera let me put you in a box and just tell you what's good about the box and what i don't like well, let's about get let's box. get some biblical examples of cholerics uh ooh, a biblical okay saint paul saint paul is classic fiery mm-hmm. right um but strong exactly and these are these are passionate people right uh, they oftentimes are good leaders. Yeah, they right? can do a 180 like St. Paul did in his conversion right. and like never look back, like yeah. super intense. Super intense. Usually cholerics are great leaders yep. because they can be decisive yep. and they will follow through. And they don't care what other people think about And them. they don't care because That's they're true. all, and they're task-oriented. Yes. And they're about doing stuff, getting right. things done. Getting it done. My brother David loves that book, Getting Things Done. Yes. He's like, this is everything that I love David about life. David is definitely life. choleric. And he is a choleric. So we're going to give you an example of a saint and then somebody from Joe's family because they're <laughs> 50% of our listening listeners. So yeah, David is the choleric. Uh, your mother's pretty choleric. Actually, half my family's choleric. Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's, that's why they're example. so wonderful, and that's why you're not choleric. That's the <laughs> other funny thing. So cholerics, uh, Paul's going to be your example of that, reacting quickly and deeply to everything, mm-hmm. right? But it's quick. It's a quick reaction. You know, I'm so angry. I'm so anxious. Whatever. Boom. You know, and you feel it, and it just consumes you. But it doesn't. It doesn't last long with cholerics. Well, Try, let me let me speak from my experience here instead of you imposing this on me. Well, you're sanguine choleric. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're 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 muddy, muddying the waters here. Okay, so we want to move to the next one. All right, sure. So that's the choleric. That's the first one. The second. Oh quadrant. yeah. Usually people don't like cholerics. If they don't like them, it's because they tend to run over people. They are and intimidated. Their feelings. They're intimidated by us. <laughs> they're in, they're intimidated by you, and you are intimidating. Um, but, you know, that's that's kind of the weakness, but that doesn't mean – virtue kind of makes up for this. I think the more virtuous this person becomes, the more closer – Right. The more that they can manifest – they can look like a choleric when it's good to be choleric or look like a sanguine or look like a phlegmatic or melancholic. They, they can manifest the positives yes. of all of the temperaments. Yes. With, even though their natural disposition is maybe just one. And, and that's the the fundamental critique against the temperaments. Mm. When people say, don't put me in that box, which is usually melancholic, but we'll talk about that in a second. It's basically um, because is this inhibiting my growth in virtue, right? Right. Like I'm still called to not be so impatient all the time because I naturally tend that way, right? Mm-hmm. So for the cholerics, they're going to have natural gifts of kind of leadership um, and uh, they're going to move things forward. They're going to be passionate, but um, their temptation is going to be impatience, rash judgment, um, running over people. You right. know, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so you got to be aware of that. And I got to counter that. I got to pray for that, for these kind of the growth and virtues around that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And just like cholerics can tend to dominate conversations, as you would know from this podcast, or 
you know, subjects, like we're only talking about college. We haven't talked about anything else. Right, like else when yet. you started, you have your typed up notes for your uh, topic, and then I say, no, we're going to talk about temperaments, <laughs> choleric. That's right. It's choleric. It's all right, though. It's great. But as I always say, if it weren't for cholerics, everybody would be living in caves. <laughs> we have built civilization. Let's be honest, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's How many true. Roman emperors were like, oh, melancholics or something? And again, you don't know what these are. We'll get to them. But cholerics are, you know, we lead civilization. We also destroy it. Napoleon. That's right. You know. That's true. So. Okay, so what else could we do? What, melancholics then, since we keep bashing them? Okay, so um, melancholics. Neither John nor I are melancholic are at melancholic, all. But so, we have a lot of melancholic friends. That's true. Nathan Goebel has some melancholic in him. No, he doesn't. Oh, yes. Okay, so melancholic is um, they react deeply, deeply, but slowly. So slowly. it's a delayed reaction. Exactly. So a melancholic might... I don't know, get, you know, something, somebody might do something in their life. Their friend could do something to slight them or to a choleric, you know, like John can be a total jerk to right. Father Brian Larkin. It's and Father Brian Larkin, who's a, who's a melancholic, won't react at all and won't even realize he's upset. And then he'll go home and then Two be weeks. at home for or for a week and then realize, man, I'm really angry at John for this one thing that he said or did. And then five years ago, you know, five years ago, and then he'll come back to John and just, he might not even be direct and confrontational, but he will just be, I you guarantee know. <laughs> he won't be direct in, in this particular case, but but he'll be upset. It's funny. A lot of my closest friends are melancholic um, because there is a complementarity, but there's also a lot of frustrations mm-hmm. for a choleric to deal with a melancholic. Um, it's just like the way that they process things is very deeply, um, but it's important to recognize the first off the good in melancholy, right? And Father Brian doesn't listen to this podcast, so we don't have to worry about it. But there actually is yeah, a lot of good. Yeah, tell me, John, what are, what is what are there's so much good in melancholics. Give me some of them. They brood, uh, <laughs> they complain, they pout. No, I'm just joking. So the well, they do do that. But the other thing it, that is good is melancholics are often the poets. They really are. Mm-hmm. They're the kind of the intuitive um they're the people you want to go to when things get rough because, you know, they kind of wake up and you know, well, I guess it could be worse, but uh, you know, they are they they are sensitive and patient and loving in a way that uh, cholerics are not. They can busy. be deeply in touch with their emotions, right? Uh, and the the drawback is that they can like go into their cave can, and like yeah. despair in their like self whatever. Yeah. Uh, but they can also have really be tapped into like the spiritual life. Like one of our good friends, Father Brady Wagner, yes. incredibly spiritual man, yes. incredibly melancholic. Incredibly. He'll like see a butterfly puts, and puts like Father be moved Brian to tears. To shame. <laughs> exactly. Um, I once uh, imitated him in a skit um, and my line was, um, I was just sitting there, my arms crossed and I, and uh, they said, what's wrong with you? This was in front of the whole seminar. And I said, today I saw this butterfly and I realized I'm such a sinner. And then he starts crying. <laughs> and that was kind of our imitation of Father Brady. Now he doesn't do that. Uh, very often, but there is this sense they're profoundly in touch with, um, they, they live a very deep emotional life. Now, the temptation for them is introspective collapse, right? So you mm-hmm. just, you watch the, and I watch this, you know, it's like sometimes as a choleric, I, I feel like I detonate. I press this button and it's just like, it's like watching a building implode uh, in the poor melancholics, but it happens over a set of weeks or years or something like that. But it's true. A lot of the great poets, great musicians, artists, uh, are melancholics like it's coming out of this like depth of experience right. that you know us sanguines and cholerics don't even tap into half right. the time and i think that the melancholic needs to pray for courage right hmm. courage fundamentally to deal with their um because remember courage deals with their irascible appetites and sometimes they give into despair or there's you know what i mean um whatever it might be they feel things so deeply that they they need courage to actually kind of overcome the um 
the, the, the intensity of their feelings mm-hmm. and the intensity of things that are going on. So, Have you heard of the um, animals associated with the temperaments? No. Really? Well, the Winnie the Pooh thing? Or the, no, 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 oh, no. Okay. So apparently like, there's like an animal for each one. This is helpful for some people. Um, but like for a choleric, what do you think the animal would be? A grizzly bear. A lion. Okay. So, you know, yeah. leader, king of the jungle, also will tear other things to pieces. Yes. Um, so for the melancholic, the animal is a golden retriever. I was going to okay. Golden yeah, and retriever. Beca- golden retrievers because- For melancholic? Yeah, and the reason is uh, because golden retrievers are incredibly loyal. Uh. And like, you know, if you, you know, anybody who has a golden retriever or a lab or whatever uh, will experience them as like super affectionate. Right. <clears throat> you know, they're incredibly loyal. And they can be, you know, if you yell at your dog for something, it'll like put its tail between its legs and walk around all sad. Right. Like there's just kind of this like soft heart that's so impressionable uh, and right. will receive everything you do and like kind of take it and either be really happy when they're yeah. happy or like really sad when they're sad. Right. That's a good, okay. I can see that. Okay. And, and I do agree. The The great gift of melancholics is their loyalty. They're intensely loyal. Mm-hmm. There is a sense of that. And I think that's why they make such good friends. Yeah, that's true. They stand by you. And as a choleric, it's good to have an army of melancholics. Um, and they and they and they at can your, really at your disposal. I was be, say. <laughs> yeah, right at your disposal. Uh, and they can be really hurt when other people aren't loyal because they value friendship so deeply. They might not right. have a lot of friends, right. but the friends they have, they will have. They'll be incredible friends to them. Yeah, this is the person at the party. They're they're locked in with like two people in the corner talking, going deep. That's while right. the, the choleric is organized the party, mm-hmm. and then now we move to the sanguine. And you're telling we're... the DJ what music to play. Exactly. Well, yeah, you yeah, exactly. And um, and now we move to the sanguine. Ah, oh, the sanguine. Everybody loves the sanguine. So uh, the next quadrant is the person who reacts quickly, but not deeply. So shallow. Mm-hmm. Just shallow. They don't feel things particularly. Everything's just fun all the time. Yeah, the classic example I feel like of sanguines are like I always imagine like, you know, you've been to Rome. You're just in Rome a few yeah. months ago, like a fender bender or something like that in the streets of Rome, and two Italians get out and they're like yelling at each other, and then like ten minutes later they're like having a co- a cafe, and, you exactly. know, uh, and just kind of laughing about it. you know they they explode an Italian family will be like really out there and talking loud and everybody's talking right. over each other. They can get angry and they can get, be happy and laughing. It's like everything's just all these emotions that are, they're, nothing's felt really deeply. They can yeah. say things that yeah. they don't really mean it all the time. doesn't affect anybody. And nobody, you know, nobody should take them too seriously. Except for the melancholic. So sanguines are great. Yeah, right. Sanguines are awesome though because they're great with people. Like I want to have- Joe is sanguine. Uh, I'm sanguine phlegmatic. John yeah. is sanguine choleric. Choleric. So, so we both are primarily sanguine. Mm-hmm. Sanguines are incredibly relational. They love friends. Um, they love parties. They're they great love, they receptionists. Are the, they are the um, they are the party person. Like this is the center of the party. Mm-hmm. But they're also insanely vain. <laughs> what? They are. They love. It's all about me. It is. I'm a sanguine. I can say that. I'm sorry if you're sanguine, but like uh, it's all about like look how awesome and popular I am. You know, because everybody loves me. I don't know. That's oh please. That's sanguines to the max. Uh, so you um, you're seeking friends, but I, I think that vanity is going to be the temptation. Um, as well as just kind of a superficial way of relating to people. Mm-hmm. Wink, shoot the gun. Hey, good to see you. You know, kissing babies, you're moving on. Right, right. Exactly. Nothing. So would you place Goble as a sanguine? Uh, gosh, yeah, I guess so. Sanguine choleric? I don't know. We Co- haven't thought much about this with mm-hmm. him. I would say he's sanguine choleric. He's the same as me. Yeah, yeah. That's what, that's, that's what my br- my brother Paul is, yeah. my mom, I think, yeah. Alicia. Half the people in my family are sanguine right. choleric. And, they, and the book, Temperament God Gave You, says St. Peter was a sanguine. That's right. 
So St. Peter. So he was the St. one. St. Peter, he's kind of like, you know, hanging out with all the guys. And then all of a sudden Christ is uh, in the house of Caiaphas and he's at the, you know, and he's like, hey, no, I'm not, I don't know him. It's cool. I'm just kind of hanging out at the party here. He's like, you know? oh, you know, you are, you know, you're the Messiah, the son of God. And then yeah. he's like, Jesus is yelling at him the next minute. Yeah. For... So they react quickly, but not deeply. There's something really nice about Sanguines, though, in that it's it's very kind of, um, it's pretty even keel. Melancholics and cholerics are just like, you know, extremes, totally mm-hmm. extremes all the time. But sanguines don't, they're, they're, they're pretty forgiving. You yeah. know, they don't hold on to things. They don't hold yeah. on to grudges. But the downside of that too, because they, they, things affect them shallowly. Uh, the good part is that they, they won't hold a grudge for right. very long. The bad part is that they might not follow through with anything for yeah. very long. You know, they, they'll, they'll be happy to commit to something and happy to like, and this is like my perpetual problem. Like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Let's do that. And then like the next day I'm like, yeah, I don't really feel Yeah. Good it's also my perpetual problem too, <laughs> as your friend and, uh choleric mm-hmm. the uh yeah so that's sanguine now what's the sanguine animal oh uh, i think it's an otter an otter an otter you see so think about an otter like looking this way and that like doing all sorts of stuff always like active but like never kind of like a attention span of a two-year-old i guess right, you know right. and the virtue that the sanguine have to cultivate what do you think that would be to cultivate yeah perseverance yeah i think so too uh, uh and there's a and and frankly just an ability for solitude you know, mm. because yeah. you're, you're so much about being with people mm-hmm. that you become afraid to ever, you know, prayer is going to be um, a struggle a lot of times if you're just kind of disposed that way because you just want to be with people all the time and you just right. want to be hanging out and kind of talking and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That makes sense. Last but not least. Definitely not least. Okay, so. John calls just this as, one the absence yeah, of Yeah, just as we... St. Augustine describes evil as the absence of the of good. I knew this the cool. last temperament is the absence of a temperament. It's called a phlegmatic. You just don't have one, and that's <laughs> Joe's as well. So the, phlegmatics. The animal is the sloth for this one. Is it? I don't know. I just made that up. Actually, I think it might be. I, I honestly have no idea. But tell me, what are the, what are the positives? Hold on a second. Phlegmatic? So the phlegmatic, the final one, is you don't react quickly and you don't react deeply. <laughs> so you basically don't react to anything. Nothing. You just kind of like, which is amazing as a choleric um, to have people in your life who are phlegmatics, where just literally nothing faces them. Never take you too seriously. Uh, two podcasts ago, Matt Prohaska came down with his wife, Bernadette, hmm. and Matt is a classic phlegmatic. phlegmatic. The guy, I have never seen him upset before, like literally. Hmm. And it's just kind of like, uh, and and I admire that in moments like angsty uh, Friday mornings. I'm just like, why can't I just be phlegmatic? Just not feel anything. <laughs> That's right. But um, they're going to have to dig deep to kind of, you know. Why do you always, you immediately go to what they have to do? Tell me about the positives. Positives. Level-headed, clear thinking. They're not swayed by emotion, which means that they're oftentimes very prudent in their decision making. Mm -hmm. And they give counsel to the cholerics who are trying to dominate and control the universe. Right. The the danger, I, I feel like a classic phlegmatic image in my head is just like a beach bum. Just like, yeah, chill, whatever, you know? Like, oh, yeah, what's cool, what's cool? It's cool it's for cool, you, man. it's cool for me, whatever. It's, yeah. Everything's cool. We're all just kind of like chill and we're having a good time. But the problem is that they're like incredibly lazy and yeah. unproductive right. if that's unchecked. Right. You know, so I mean, there's a positive of like, they're very, usually phlegmatics don't really tick any, many people off. Yeah. They're very easy to be friends with because they go with the flow yeah. for the most part. Okay. They're great friends. I A lot of my, I'm sanguine phlegmatic. A lot of my friends are choleric. And it's great because they have an idea, and I'm like, yeah, it sounds great, whatever. Right. you know. So like, the cholerics are going to be angry at everybody, but for different reasons. Because the sanguine is less like not doing anything, but they just want to be the center of attention. Mm-hmm. Melancholics because they're brooding in the corner. Phlegmatics because 
that you don't even realize they're there and you're trying to and if you're a choleric you're trying to mobilize everybody to make the world a better place that's all you're and no one about. wants to do anything <laughs> sanguins want to hang out melancholics want to brood and phlegmatics literally are incapable of doing anything it seems to me so <laughs> was that too strong uh, i think so okay, but that you know, spoken strong. like a true choleric that was too strong the uh the choleric side is out deep this morning okay now why does this matter as yeah. a Christian, that's yeah, what does this have to do question. with Catholic stuff? That's yeah, question. yeah, that's a good question. Well, Catholics have appropriated this now. Again, a lot of people don't like the temperament talk and the language of this because um, it's it's just kind of like, well, that's the way I am. I'm just a jerk. I'm just a choleric. Mm-hmm. I'm just shallow. Okay, I'm a sanguine. Well, okay. Part of it is about the the temperaments is a natural foundation and a tool for knowledge, self knowledge. I think that's the key. But it calls you, like you said, to move towards the center, right? And friendship. It, it, I find it very, very helpful in friendship. Mm-hmm. Like you look at the companions, like the group right. of guys that we're a part of, our kind of brotherhood of priests and seminarians. And there's about uh, 15 of us now. And you got Father Matt Book and myself, pretty intense choleric side. Mm-hmm. You got a couple of sanguines in there. You know, you got a couple of melancholics, a couple of phlegmatics, but learning to work and live as a community. Um, it, it demands this kind of sense of like, okay. Um, something's really, really important to me right now because mm-hmm. I feel everything deeply as a sanguine choleric. But Father Brian is not gonna; it's not gonna affect him. And I'm gonna say, "Isn't this amazing? Isn't this important?" And he's just like, "Yeah, whatever." But then two weeks later, it'll hit him, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not always just negative. It's some; it'll hit him, and he'll say, "Wow, this is really good." Right. So there's a delayed response, which will frustrate me at first. But sometimes, if I'm aware of this and I'm living in close quarters and I actually have counsel with uh, men of other temperament, then I'll say, "Okay." Let them come to this in their time, processes as they will, and then they can speak into this in a different way, in things that I'm not seeing, mm-hmm. right? As a leader, it's, it's essential. It's I, really important as a leader. If I hang out with only cholerics, it's going to be a disaster. And it's, gonna, great for knowing, gonna... it's great for knowing how to delegate things, too. Like, what, what, what things need to be done and who would be in the best role right. uh, based on their strengths and weaknesses. Like, phlegmatics, John, I'll have you know, are actually really good at doing things that take, like, a long time like they're great like I loved puzzles when I was a kid <laughs> because you don't have to you can just kind of sit there it's chill there's no like pressure and right. you just do you, you can sit you know, they got, a lot of people will say that um, I think they might talk about this in that book that Thomas Aquinas was a phlegmatic just because just to kind of like the I don't know how to say it like I guess boredom <laughs> of yeah. like just studying and reading uh, all that like and having and, and writing and kind of going through very methodically uh, and and thoroughly, uh, all the questions that he, uh, everything he dealt with theologically, right? Uh, just the thoroughness of it and the ease with which, like, w- for a choleric, you just might want to get to the exciting stuff and like talk about what's interesting to you. Uh, um, but for the phlegmatic, it's easier just to be methodical about a lot of stuff. And I think that's really true. Like the way that um, phlegmatics, uh, the way all of them pray is going to be. So it's not just about moral growth and virtue, but it's going to. It's important for you to know the way that you pray. Like. You can be real flippant um, if you're sanguine. It's mm-hmm. just kind of like you just kind of you just kind of buzz the different things and spiritually, cholerics. I'm usually telling God, here's my here's kind of my plan and my agenda for the rest of my life, and um, right. trying to convince him that that's the best thing to do. But there is something good about phlegmatics that there's just a consistency there. Um, mm-hmm. There's not kind of the wildness, and so and it's it, good. Just, to, yeah, yeah, go just, ahead. Just praying with guys, it's just a beautiful thing. Um, I just watched. I just read from Joseph Pieper his book um, Anthology, he's got this line where he says, um, justice is the art of living well as a companion. Is that interesting? Yeah. I'm going to give a conference to the guys. So, because we talked about virtues 
gosh, what was that? On the emotional uh, ch- chastity conversation, we didn't talk about justice. Mm-hmm. But I think if we want to cultivate justice, right, and be men of justice as well as God's mercy, and we talked about that in the past as well, we have to learn the art of living well with others because the arena of Christian holiness is in relationship. Hmm. And so the cultivation of virtue is essential to that. Prayer is not something abstracted from relationship, but it's entering into that. Solitude in the Christian understanding is uh, its even more relational because it's being immersed into the Trinitarian life. Right. It's always in the context of community, both mm-hmm. human and divine. So there is no escaping community. Mm-hmm. And we have such a radically individualistic understanding of the spiritual life. So it's kind of like, oh, I go love people and then I go pray. It's like, no, no, no. This is the whole thing. Mm-hmm. God comes to the world and he seeks to build community. Right, and and he does that, and so to understand kind of these different dispositions, these different temperaments, and how they're going to dispose people, it's it's huge for self knowledge. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's really important. Yeah, and I think what's really important about the temperaments, uh, kind of a good check on them, is that our values also, like how we act, our behavior is not should not be totally governed by our temperament. They should be governed by our values primarily. Mm-hmm. Like, what do we care about? What's important to us? Um, and our temperament comes into play in the equation of how we end up acting, you know. Um, but as a sanguine phlegmatic, you know, mm-hmm. my tendency is not to be, you know, a deeply interior or or deeply productive, you know, or mm-hmm. get, you know, getting after things uh, and persevering with tasks that are are difficult or whatever. Um, but because I care about something or because I care about you know leading people in the right way. I'll go outside of my, I'll do something that's outside of my comfort zone, uh, not because that's my natural temperament, but because I really value something and the, and because of my values, that'll change how I behave. Mm-hmm. I just think it's just important because we can use this as an excuse, like you were saying, mm-hmm. oh, I'm this way and this is just how I am and I can't, I can't do X, Y, and Z roles because that's not how I'm made. And it's like, well, actually like this is just a very fundamental human element that right. God is actually sanctifying and right. using and you know he's going to expand absolutely self-knowledge is the first step towards holiness mm-hmm. and if you're sanguine this is a great thing when you're at parties you just start putting people in temperaments <laughs> if they don't right. know what you're talking about they they love it so <laughs> yeah right it's true so if you want to learn more about this there's a book called the temperament god gave you i can't remember who wrote yeah. it it's a couple Virginia's. but it's great it's actually really helpful because um they also have sections on there about parenting like, okay, you know, a choleric mother with a phlegmatic son, what are going to be the things to pay attention yep. to or or vice versa or uh, the, all, all the different combinations or spouses, you know, a, a sanguine husband with a melancholic wife. And right. these are the things that will be fun. These are the things that will be difficult. It's just helpful just to give a terrain and, and start to make sense of your experience if you find yourself angsty in a marriage. Angsty on a Friday morning. Yeah, angsty on a Friday morning, podcasting with someone who's a phlegmatic when you're choleric. anything. Exactly. The, uh, yeah, so, yeah, good recommendation for the book. And again, this is, uh, this is a fun topic. We love we love talking about this, this as you can tell. Well, we'll see you guys next week. And see any more week. thoughts, suggestions, insults, comments, whatever, we will take them. Catholic stuff podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>